And really coming to the, the, the logo of the orb symbol, it's for me, the orb is the, you know, the natural symbol of the universe, the uh, uh, galaxies, planets, flowers, uh, apples, water droplets, everything takes this form. And then, so the, and then the main disc is a, a, a very nice gray, a beautiful gray. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the anti-logo, but the idea here is that the orb would be the earth and the grey represents, if we don't look after this earth, this is very easily what we could end up with, which is a, a grey dusty sphere. And so for me, it's um, the, it, it was a, a call to arms or like the flag to which represents our mission and so what we're, what we're trying to achieve here with orb. So it's a reminder and I think any, any brand or logo is a, is a representation of the the mission or what what you want what well, this is how i look at logos uh. welcome to what are we talking about a podcast produced by water online host jim laurier of Maisie injector company and adam tank of transcend water a dynamic boomer millennial combo will help you demystify how to build a better brand for your business, keep current and prospective customers engaged with your company, and ultimately grow your sales. They interview some of the most interesting and unique water professionals who have used the art of storytelling to move the needle for themselves and for their organizations. Hey, what are we talking about, listeners? Jim and Adam back with another riveting episode of our wonderful podcast. And today we do have a special guest indeed. This is Lorenzo Falzonaro. He's the founder and CEO of Orb. And Lorenzo has been a fascinating guy to get to know over the years. I actually met him at least two years ago, maybe three now. And I'll never forget our first conversation because he he comes to the water industry with a very unique perspective on product and design. And I'm excited to get into that today and talk about how he talks about his products and services and how he talks about water relative to that lens. So, Lorenzo, thanks for joining. No, thank you. Yeah, and I got to know Lorenzo through Adam and uh, looked at a lot of the work that you're doing, Lorenzo. And, and let's start there. Let's start about what Orb does. And more specifically, I was really intrigued by the way you looked at your design aesthetic around your logo. So let's talk about what you do and, and how you came up with that logo. Sure. Uh, interesting question. So, um, you know, Orb is focused on solving one of the challenges for the next century, and that is how do we validate that our water is safe for use and, and reuse? And uh, primarily the driver here is using water as a litmus test for how efficient and safe we're running our environment, because everything ends up in water, whether it's a mountain or fiber from your fleece, it's there in the water. And so for me, this is the canary in the gold mine and uh, a very important challenge. And really coming to the, the, the logo of the orb symbol, it's for me, the orb is the, you know, the natural symbol of the universe, the uh, uh, galaxies, planets, flowers, uh, apples, water droplets, everything takes this form. And then, so the, and then the main disc is a, a, a very nice gray, a beautiful gray. <laughs> it's almost like the anti-logo, but the idea here is that the orb would be the earth and the gray represents, if we don't look after this earth, this is very easily what we could end up with, which is a, a gray dusty sphere. And so for me, it's um, the, it, it was a, a call to arms or like the flag 
to which represents our mission and so what we're what we're trying to achieve here with orb so it's a reminder and i think any any brand or logo is a, is a representation of the the mission or what what you want well this is how i look at logos uh, anyways that and that's one of the reasons why we were so excited to have you on is because you do think differently about this industry in terms of design eye and we'll call it what you know the the underlying meaning or the subtext of the words you use or the graphics that you use. And I know this is something that you developed this eye for sort of in a very uh, roundabout way. Let's say you've had a lot of adventures in your life. And if you wouldn't mind talking a bit about your, you know, maybe your time in the Amazon or elsewhere where you started to develop this sort of systems thinking approach, talk to us a bit about that. Yeah. So if I go way back when I used to be a derivatives trader and on the financial markets in, in London. So here I was trading something that didn't exist. It was a derivative on a derivative. I was trading options on futures, on government, uh, on interest rate currencies and what have you. And then, you know, realized that there were there were uh, greater challenges out there. But one, one thing I learned from the derivatives market or from the financial markets is everything is hedged, right? We have these derivatives because we're hedging the underlying asset, you know, in case the prices go down, we've got these uh, call or put options that that we can hedge. But our environment doesn't have the same thing. The primary drivers that we need for our society does not have the same thing. We don't have a hedge for water or for, uh, for, for clean air, right? Air is air and water is water. And, um, and so I, I, you know, I jumped the ship and then decided to go back to the grassroots. And, and I did a, a two year overland expedition with a, with a group of uh, uh, very smart and crazy people and uh, traveling South America in a, in a 1979 uh, international school bus uh, and uh, we dro I drove that literally from the center of the Amazon Manaus north into the Orinoco Basin uh, and there we lived and worked with indigenous tribes and poorer communities. I would say uh, recently contacted indigenous tribes, the ones we're not going out looking for uncontacted, happy to keep them there. Um, but that's where I then got the first direct relationship between myself and water when the only water we had access to was the river that we or, or the pool whatever it was and then we would need to treat that water and then drink it uh, but you never really knew whether you were had treated it correctly like when you are literally taking a bucket and having to drink that water then you have a direct relationship between that water when it's the same water that you're bathing in you know in rivers um and so that's where I wanted to, I realized we need to understand our world more and maybe a lot of the inefficiencies are coming because we don't, we don't see in real time the, the, uh, the output of our, of our acts. Yeah, and we, we, we love the fact that you've got both this background in derivatives trading and uh, this idea about where water comes from. We, we can tell when you say uh, water is the canary in the gold mine not the coal mine. So, we, oh, did I say gold mine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Positive thinking. During the prep call, yeah, exactly. That's why it's 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 really shows where you've come from, Lorenzo. And you know, we we, we laugh about it, but it's real. It's really you know, someone that says they see art in an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, that was something that really caught our attention as well. So, so talk to us about that. Other ways that you've looked at design to really get your message out to the uh, uh to to your potential customers to the investment community i mean all that's important right when it comes to water so can you tell mm. us a little bit about that 
So I think for me, like, like art or design, you start with your hypothesis or your remit. Well, for me, some art, you, you can just throw out and see what sticks. Um, but you're looking at whether you're a filmmaker or an artist, sometimes you want to create an emotion in that, in that, that, that person or the viewer. And the same thing when I create art or design, it's, it's for an impact that we're trying to uh, 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 bring about. And, and we need to inspire markets towards efficiency. If we want to change something, we have to inspire people to the new way of doing things rather than telling people what doesn't work and what isn't good, right? So if we say like coal is bad, okay, but tell me what to replace it with. Tell me how it works. So we need to make things easy for people because life is hard uh, and you know everything wants you to fail at every point from the moment that you're born, right? You need your community around you, you need your parents. Uh, and so if you want to do something new, it's going to be hard. You're going to have challenges. But if you are a, you know, a, a, uh, um, someone that's, you know, able to beat that new path, you'll need to inspire people to come to that new way. And so for me, design is a way of doing that. And so for our latest device, for example, you know, we always come the design remit and for my last startup as well, which was in renewable energy, it has to be as easy to use as pushing a button and it has to be as easy to read as a traffic light. Right. It has to be cost effective and it has to make profits as well at the same time. But then the key thing, it has to have a positive impact on the environment, either through societal shifts or directly through, uh, um, you know, the product itself. So, you know, there's a lot of things there, but um, I think the inspiration is, is the key thing. Like just make, make it easy. You're listening to the Water We Talking About podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. This podcast is produced by Water Online, the leading web-based community for water and wastewater professionals, showcasing the knowledge and authority of industry thought leaders. Water Online provides actionable content from vendors you can trust. And now, back to today's podcast. I'm going to use a word that I know you've gotten beaten up for a little bit by the water community and maybe the investor community, which is visionary. The way mm. that you talk about water and product and design and systems thinking, you don't find that very often in our industry. It's typically pump curves, water quality parameters, unsexy machinery, equipment, chemicals, etc. And you mentioned in our in our prep call that you, someone had basically said like, don't be as visionary. It maybe wasn't those exact words and you can tell us exactly what it was, but how have you, how, how do you still continue to bring this in? And how do you think about inspiring people who might be listening to this saying like, God, I wish I could be more visionary or more sort of creative, but I feel like I can't in this industry. Yeah. I mean, I have vision just like everyone has vision. So uh, I wouldn't say I'm a visionary. And I think maybe the word I used was um, less on selling the potential, right? And more about what are the hard drive facts. So, you know, as any startup, you have to try and, you know, I have to sell to investors. I have to sell to the team that we're trying to grow and we have to sell to the customer. And each one of those may need a different narrative or a different story. 
Um, you know, and my, my last startup was in more consumer electronics. So there you're more about inspiring the community about the potential and the future. Um, and it, you know, it was, it was a different, uh, shift here. Um, and so therefore when you're looking at telling that narrative or that story, you, you have to bring on board people that you trust that are maybe within the industry, um, that are engineers and that can temper your story, um, in that sense. But one thing about breaking into the water industry is like, we are all in the water industry. I've been in the water industry since I was born, right? I'm made up of water. I need water, absolutely. So the, the, I don't think, uh, you know, we're all in this together uh, in a way. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question there, but. Um, yeah, no, it was great. By way of, yeah, yeah describing, thinking through it, you absolutely answered the question. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I think one of the other things I like about the way you look at things, uh, Lorenzo, is that you see your company and your uh, technology as part of the circular water economy, how it fits, where it fits in. And like you said, we're all part of that community, regardless of how you look at it. But it's important to see the place. And can you tell us a little bit about you know, how, how your technology fits within the circular water economy? You know, so... I see the future as distributed and decentralized in all assets, whether it comes to energy, water, agriculture, well, agriculture already is, but maybe even, even more so. And the democratization of, of products and technology as well, i.e. distributed, decentralized, monitoring, growing, energy production, water production in that sense. Um, but it doesn't matter what you're using to treat your water. Lots of good technologies out there, new ones coming. You still need to monitor that water to validate the safety of that water and the efficacy of your treatment. And right now, a utility, for example, that we're working with here can deliver 3 billion liters of water to customers over three days before it even knows the safety of that water, right? Because that's how long the current safety checks take. And that's if they are doing it every day. Sometimes they're only doing that once a week and it takes three days to get the results. So that's eight days, okay? So what we're really using right now are, are, are humans as the litmus paper, as the litmus test. So when humans start calling up and hospitals start getting gastrointestinal illnesses, uh, then maybe a, an alarm will be uh, uh, raised and flagged. And that's just with three day or eight day old data, you can't run a safe optimized system. So these part of this circular economy, economy is, let's take this water that you're normally discharging. Right now, we can't validate that it's fit for purpose or fit to reuse because we can't store this water for three days so we have to discharge it where orb comes in is enabling you in real time in the you know blink of an eye in one second to validate a certain aspect of the safety of that water right we're not doing heavy metals right now we're focusing on um, pathogens like proteins and, and microbiology which is probably the number one reason to treat your water because uh, they, they can kill you you know pretty instantly Lead might kill you slowly over time, turn you into a mad king. Um, but, and once you've treated lead or it's out and you got rid of those lead pipes, it's done, right? Your job's done. Whereas microbes, they are continually growing. So one E. coli can double every 20 minutes and over three days, that's, and I had to look this number up, that's 26 vigintillion cells. So one becomes 10 to the 63 cells. All you need is one cell in your pipe somewhere that can create a problem. So I think for us, it's about validating that water is safe for use and reuse in real time. So it doesn't matter what treatment system you're using, whether it's in the basement of a 
building or, or at a large water treatment work or a distribution uh, network, or if you're a food and beverage manufacturer, you have that data in real time. Enabling customers to then reuse that water in real time means there's less abstraction from groundwater sources, which is becoming more and more of an issue. And we all know the numbers that by 2050, $75 trillion worth of GDP will be coming from high water risk areas. That is quality and access risk. So we have to go towards recycled water. There, there isn't an option. And so if we're going to recycled water, we need better monitoring technology to validate that water. And that's, that's where we fit in, into that. You tell the story beautifully. I hope that listeners are not only listening to what you're saying, but how you're delivering it because you're you're interweaving both the technical aspects of water but also the emotional aspect of water which is not easy to do so i commend you for that and i would say that we are we are rapidly approaching the end of the show and i have a feeling you're gonna have a really interesting answer to this final question so Uh i want to pose this to you and it's the one that we pose to every one of our guests and that is that jim and i have an airplane that we can go pick you up and we're going to fly it around the world and we're going to fly it in front of the home of every water professional <clears throat> around the globe. And there's a banner on the back of the plane. And you, Lorenzo, get basically a tweet's worth, if Twitter doesn't implode, a tweet's worth of characters <laughs> to send a message to all those water professionals. What do you want that banner to say? Um, I wish I prepared for this. But the thing, <laughs> the thing that's coming to mind is expletive it exclamation mark <laughs> uh, you know hashtag hashtag ck it i just do it <laughs> right if you have a thing if you have a dream you have a mission you have a challenge like just do it stop thinking stop tinkering you, you've got to go and create it right no one is going to knock on your door because i tried this theory many times have i have i used up my tweet <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go go ahead. ahead. This is like the sub. This is a thread. This yeah, is a thread. yeah. Oh, this We've is a thread, right? We, yeah, link, we, yeah. link. I, I got it. Link. Uh, when we put it on LinkedIn, I have to explain it. So, uh, <laughs> this is good uh, background information. So, go ahead, uh, Lorenzo. You know, sometimes you know, maybe in my twenties, in in the in the early days, you think that for some random reason that someone's going to knock on your door and on a silver tray bring you exactly what you want. It just life just isn't doesn't do that right that's not how life works you have to invest energy to manifest and manipulate energy and try and inspire others energy to create this new thing or this thing that you want so you have to put yourself in those positions you have to create i can't remember who it was but um it's you know because i don't like using the word luck because i've said i've worked hard for this not luck luck is where preparation meets the window of opportunity. Someone said where luck meets opportunity. Sure. And so I think that very short expletive it is like, just get out there, just do it. I think someone else said that, didn't they once? <laughs> I think maybe. so. Maybe. Think so. <laughs> well, well, we'll attribute it to you though, Lorenzo. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, we, we, we really appreciate uh, you, you taking the time, uh, Lorenzo. And I know uh, our audience is going to get a lot of value from uh, this interview. So thanks again. Oh, thank you for having me on. Thank you.